Hi, Teresa. Welcome to our podcast series of Giant Sisters about Phenomenal Women. Good morning, Joe. Now, Teresa Gatting is a leading New Zealand businesswoman, author, philanthropist. She was the CEO of Telecom from 99 to 2007, and she set up as co-founder the very successful My Food Bag. She's passionate about business, marketing, and leading impactful change and advancing of women's interests and animal welfare. Welcome. Thanks, Joe. Okay, in terms of, um, you know, you've had such a phenomenal career life, and did you design this, or was it by a matter of um, a bit of the universe coming together? How did your whole career sort of evolve? It was partly intention and partly circumstances, I guess. I grew up in, as the eldest daughter of immigrants, my parents came from Britain, and so, the, you know, there was a very much a, if you work hard, you can achieve whatever you want. My father was very feminist. He only had daughters. He didn't see any limitation on what any of us could do. And they were small business people. So I grew up with around business and I, I did a business degree at university. And it was there that I decided that I'd really like to be CEO of a large public company. I read a book on the lack of women and that, those sort of roles. And I thought I'd really love to do that. So in those days, the concept of entrepreneurs wasn't as, as you know familiar as it is now. There only yeah. really was a corporate world. But I loved that world and worked in many different companies. I basically took opportunities as I saw them mm. and ended up at Telecom yeah. and was there for several years, eventually becoming CEO. And that was a wonderful eight years. When that finished, I had to... I, I guess you could say reinvent myself or you could say reveal more of myself. Right, yes. And I didn't want to do the corporate thing again. I didn't really want to do boards. And I started to be approached about things. I was approached about various opportunities. And I knew Celia and we set up my food bag, which was, again, just the most amazing ride mm. and journey. And also, as soon as I got out of the corporate world, I was able to spend more time doing things that... Very, were very heart-centric for me, like with, with SPCA and things that I could combine. Yeah. All my skills and you know, business and working with people. And so today I have a sort of a portfolio life where I do some things that are purely commercial, some things that are purely philanthropic and a lot that bring the two together. Yeah, fantastic. And what advice would you give to school leavers today if they're thinking, should I be an entrepreneur and they've, you know, they're, say, 19 years old versus an, or in their 20s? Because it feels like a real age of the entrepreneur. What advice would you give them? You've, got, you've always got to be um, aware of what your strengths are. I think it is the age of the entrepreneur. I mean, we live in the world where you can build a global business from your bedroom, yeah. and there's plenty of people who've done that. But it doesn't suit everybody. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, no one's paying you for the cup of coffee you're having to network. Yes. You know, the structure of corporates, the um, the childcare, the, the things that some of the best big corporates bring can be also very fulfilling. So yeah. if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need capital to start with. You've got to find that somewhere. Mm. And you've got to actually be able to live with the, you know, just the... It's very, very hard work to get something off the ground and not all businesses succeed. So I think you should go and work for an entrepreneur first, learn, look. Yeah. I still think a business degree is a great ground and you've got to understand financials and balance sheets 
but you've got to inspire people. So yeah. anything you do in those first few years of your career will all be grist for the mill because it's all about learning how yeah. to work in the world with and through people. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're looking at a bit of embracing the lessons, you know, what challenges um, that you've experienced have um, shaped you most as a person? Gosh, that's a difficult question. I think being born a woman. Right. We do seem to be living just slightly more in a woman's time now. But for me, you know, there were so few women leading large organisations. And that that's, that ability to balance my very strong uh, business drive and masculine energy with being a woman and feminine energies, that's been a challenge for me all my life. Mm. Because to succeed 20 or 30 years ago as a woman... You really had to, um, well, I felt anyway, and I saw around me, you really had to be, you know, more in your masculine energy. I chose not to have children. I couldn't have managed it. Yes. And yet here we have the most gracious, balanced in her male and female energies, pregnant mm. prime minister. Yes, yes. So I think that shifted in the world. I think that um, now we're living in a time where we're trying to, men and women, create a society which balances those energies. And mm. so... That challenge has got, I think, slightly easier for women. Still not easy, but slightly easier. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, the tyranny of social media and the, and the constant judging and the constant the busyness, the, it's harder, I think, now to find quiet time, downtime, to just go away and reflect and be in nature and just shut off all the urgency and all the busyness, what, you know, whatever whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working in some other situation. So mm. reconnecting with things that renew you as a person might have got harder than it was 20 years ago because it's an expectation now that you're always going to be on. That's so true. Um, and I know that you do a lot of work in, in the giving back space. And um, do you want to talk to us a bit about CEO? I've heard a lot about that. Yes. I heard... Vicky Saunders, the founder of Shio, Canadian entrepreneur, speak in the US a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I was blown away by her and what she was creating in the world. And I thought, I've got to bring this to New Zealand, which is what I've done. Yes. And the concept is that it still is harder for women to get funding for their businesses. Mm. Women's businesses tend to be about solving problems, particularly problems that women have, as mm. opposed to creating the next business that's going to be worth a billion dollars and make someone else very rich. Yeah. And so it's harder for them to get funding. And I love the idea of 500 women coming together, putting in around $1,000, creating a pool of half a million and dollars and support choosing the five businesses that that money would go to, those businesses being women-led and, and going about making money, but also about doing something good for their communities or their country. And so that's what Shio is about. And uh, we're sort of halfway through the process. We've got our gala dinner. Vicky will be back in New Zealand the weekend of April 7th, 8th, 9th. Yeah. And I've had a great reaction so far, and I'm still trying to get the last final group of activators involved so that we can set the funds up and you know, uh, select the final five benches. We're down to the top ten and get cracking. Great. So as we reflect on New Zealand's 125 year of suffrage, what are your thoughts on the current status quo um, in New Zealand and around the world um, for women and girls and the lives they're able to live today? When I looked at the pictures of the most recent protest marches all around the world, I was just so inspired and cheered by the energy that I saw among women everywhere yeah. And it does feel to me like women are starting to realise we're not the minority. We 
do hold up half the sky. Mm-hmm. But it is up to us. No one gives you anything. You have to claim and reclaim it. Yes. And I feel very sad about what I see happening in the US, the rollback of reproductive freedoms. Mm. But I also believe that women in the US and women all around the world, whether it's, you know, whether it's um, Islamic dress code in Islamic countries, whether it's education for girls in Pakistan, that we can individually and collectively make a huge difference if we, if we stand up and we stand together. So I feel like, wow, it's like this is a fantastic time to be part of what's a global energy shift in this way. That's great. That's thank, that's fantastic, Teresa. Look, thanks for your time. Is there any final thoughts you'd like to um, to leave with our listeners about you know your thoughts for the future and, and the the world that we're cre- recreating? It's not about women versus men. It is about it, it's about honouring the feminine in women in men and in the world and it's about balancing the energies so that collectively we actually create the future and we 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 live on the planet that is able to sustain itself and not and not be so focused on things that actually right now are going to destroy the the very environment that sustains life forms whether it's human or non-human yeah that's wonderful thank you for your time Teresa. Thanks, Joan.